Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> We're here on the Old Time Radio Show with our two Long Island buddies, Mr. Ken Romanowski. What's up? How, How you doing, doing Ken? there, John? Good. Thanks for having us over. And our old time buddy, Mr. Pat Conte. What's up? That's good, blood. What do you guys have to say for yourselves? Uh, I don't know. That's uh, a good day for records. Yeah. A- every day is a good day for records. Yeah, the sun <laughs> is shining, the birds are singing. It's a good day for records to be in the basement. Now, how, how long have you guys known each other? Oh, I don't know, a bunch of years. Uh, but uh, you, you live fairly close to each other? Yeah, but that well, I don't think that was a factor, really. No, I, th- I think... What I'm curious about is you're both 78 collectors. Yeah. You're both interested in old-time music and other, other kinds of music, but old-time music. And uh, you both are slash were mailmen. Yeah. Is there something going on there that we should know about? Is it? Uh, I don't know. I think it's pure... Uh, chance that's all chance yeah it's chance it's there was another mailman who lived around here who was a, a a musician too who played oh yeah blues but yeah little toby walker but lives, we, we yeah lives, I, uh, I never had any contact with him or anything but um i don't know long island's a funny place good place to hide i think now did you guys when you guys were um you know working in the mail room and can you still do right i deliver yeah I'm oh a, you deliver i'm a letter carrier now do you ever like see packages that you know are 78 records and do, do you ever want to you know only on my doorstep okay. I, I i would have seen them uh, because i worked in facilities that right. he was a mail parcel you ever yeah. see anything where somebody wrote on the outside like you know sun house fragile and sometimes I would write on <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, Don't alert the thieves. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I was just curious. So, Ken, we're going to listen to um, some of your records here in this show. And uh, I just want to thank you in advance for having us out here. Now, your main focus, your collection, is gospel records. Is that right? Yes and no? Yes and no. I mean, it is a, a main focus. I, I actually got into collecting 78s because I ran out of things to listen to on LP that that were religious. And and I liked all the stuff I heard. So in order to hear the things that I knew existed from the discographies, I had to go for the the real stuff. And what what year was it roughly when you found like, you know, 78s and you started getting interested in collecting? The early 80s, around 81, I would guess, Hmm. 80, 80, 81, somewhere there. And I, I, I... was in correspondence with Pat before I met him, uh, as I'm sure Pat was in correspondence with just about everyone. So well, back- yeah, I used to get lists from Ken uh, too. Well, those are in the way back years. Yeah, so so like pre-internet, pre-eBay, mm-hmm. mostly how you collectors got to know each other was through lists in where like gold mine. Like where would the list be? Where would you see the list? first where you get contact with the person that's what that's what i don't quite 
you know. Get. I think there were lists of collectors and and what their interests well, were also, and an address or a contact. Well, there was point. also VJM, and and that had everybody's anybody who was in there had you know, had their address. That's true. So you could build up a mailing list just with so a copy of VJM. So that's how people got their mailing list was from. Well, that's one way. Because yeah. I was just curious because. It would seem to be almost impossible. I mean, even today with the electronic instant information and websites, yeah. still there's some people that you kind of, you know, you f- that guy collect records. And I, well, I did you ever go to the them. post office and buy 100 postcards? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they did back in the day. You know, that was very common. You, know, you might do that weekly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you go in the back of the Blues Unlimited or whatever it was, uh, Right, I you know I don't know how you started, but uh, that was one way. I remember in the back, uh, and and then once you make a contact with a real dealer, uh, you're on his mailing list, but he might share that. Right, right. So right, that's you, when I then figure you start what happens. Then, then your name starts getting like sent around or whatever. Yeah, and I so, always thought the seventy eights were untouchable. You know, I listened to the stuff on on LPs for even in the eighties. It seemed that way to you because that's the way it seemed yeah, to me when it, I first started. I, I thought they were out of my reach financially or and, and then i started to see that there were things that were very affordable and uh just, especially with gospel right probably in the 80s oh, with, there was a lot of gospel i was buying gospel cracks, records right? for 50 cents incredible you know, just winning yeah. 10 20 30 of them at a time and just blindly you know bidding on things because i i don't know what these people sound like so right right i there's no other way to hear it yeah you know and you you learn soon enough well i don't really like this too much so i'm not going to bit anymore on those and i like these and i'm looking for that that's yeah the, the, even when i started i mean the internet existed but it wasn't like it is today so that's i just had a bit on things and figured out i didn't know anything about labels didn't know anything about you know i could kind of figure out by looking at a label that this was from a year that i might like but i was just completely the, blind. I, the internet is great and everything is instantaneous but i kind of envy the generation of collectors that canvassed there's something about the search being more important than what you find you know the process itself yeah, we're, we're in it that means mi- more to you we're in the middle section right we're, we're yeah, kind we're, of the original collectors went door to door because they could, and 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 th- that was the way to do it. Go to the records. Our generation had less access, so we, at least, I was very dedicated to writing and foraging that way, exploring. You know, I used to, especially with world stuff. You know, uh, <laughs> I would write to you know shortwave re- uh, radio club. Huh. Is anybody into music there in your country? You know, really? Wow, that's incredible. Any any kind of thing like that, you Just know, but, any way you could get in contact. And then the third generation, which is thriving now, are the collectors of that internet world, where uh, some have built remarkable collections in a short time. Yeah, I mean, I can't put it down because most of what <clears throat> I've acquired is through that kind of communication where someone emails me, yeah. oh, I saw your website, I have these records, and I'm just like... There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. So oh, some no, guys no, no. have made incredible collections just by being online. No, but there is something... And networking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and for me, that's how I get my records. I mean, it's very, very rarely any other way. Right. But then there's also this weird thing now where... Any record you want to hear is on some website. You can, like, download it. And I don't know. 
to me, maybe it's just because I love records. I love collecting. I've always been a collector. Mm. But to me, I can't really enjoy just going down a list of music and listening to everything. It should be the opposite. Having it all in the palm of your hands, it should be like, oh, this is great. I don't need these records anymore. Well, you know, and to me, it's the opposite. I can't totally enjoy it the way I can enjoy a, a great record that I have in my yeah. hands. You know? That distinction, pre-war and post-war. Well, for collectors, the distinction is pre-internet, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And uh, those are the last days of exploring. Because now, uh, in, like you say, there's a instantaneous access to every sound imaginable and some that you never could imagine. And uh, that is taken away from you. The, the mystery and the actual joy of discovery... And the journey. That journey yeah, is very, gone. very important. I mean, it, it, it makes for a different type of collector mentality. Yeah. Well, I know, I know. like, for me, there's certain records that every time I listen to them, I remember how I got it, how yeah. I came across it, how I stumbled upon it, yeah. or whatever that, you know, I have that that I'll never forget every well, time I, I listen to it. I think every collector has that still. Yeah. The collectors do, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, not, Which is different from people who just have an iPod full of every single right. record diggers, that ever existed. Diggers who just dig the music. Uh, don't care what form it's in, and have br brought have been brought up that way. And that's probably much more healthier, and you know, makes a lot more sense. It, it I almost, guess so, but it also cheapens a lot of. Uh, for me, it does. Yeah. The uh, you know the drama of discovery it takes right. a, a lot of it away. Yeah. Well, that's the great thing about about the religious recordings. When I was searching. Most of the things you find are, they're interesting, but they're nothing special. It's the one that you find that really yeah. turns your head around. It's like, oh my God, yeah, where did this come from? What is this? Mm -hmm. How come I've never heard this before? Why doesn't anyone know about this? Right. And Lord knows we've all had that experience. Oh, over and over. That's what keeps you searching. Okay, so on that note, now can you play us one of your great records so well, for for the religious stuff, can understand what it is we're talking about. You know, for religious stuff, it kind of goes back to the Dinwiddie Colored Quartet, nineteen o two. Okay. So this is uh, down on the old campground. Okay, great. Let's which is their most most popular. Down on the old campground, coon shout by the Dinwiddie Colored Quartet. The little white stone came a rolling down. Went down the old campground. And the road like thunder to the ground. Went down the old campground. You say you're aiming for the sky. Went down the old campground. Why don't you stop your telling lies? Went down the old campground. Oh, Jubilee, Southern Jubilee, Southern Jubilee. Went down the old campground. Southern Jubilee, Southern Jubilee. You say your Jesus set you free. Went down the old campground. Why don't you let your neighbors be? Went down the old campground. Some go to church for singing town. Went down the old campground. And the four six months are done turned down. Went down the old campground. Southern Jubilee, Southern Jubilee, Southern Jubilee. Went down the old campground. Southern Jubilee, Southern Jubilee. 
I've never heard that. Now, uh, so this is very exciting for me, this show. You never heard that? Oh, man, that is the beginning of the beginning. Yeah, I mean, 1902. I mean, we're not counting the standard quartet. We don't have the cylinder player. Yeah, I know. Right? There's no, I have no access to cylinders. <laughs> somebody told me there's something earlier than the standard quartet that was recently... Well, there's that, that what is it, Louis Vosnier? I don't the know. The New Orleans thing, and it's it's a kind of borderline minstrel was that what it was i think was that a berlin uh, what was that uh it's a it's a cylinder i'm not i'm not sure i'd have to i'd have to check it's on the song lost sounds what's the span from standard quartet to this is it standard quartet standard quartet is 94 i think wow and this is 1902 this is really and this was this is the first flat disc of yes it's also uh it was in print until 1910 wow so it must yeah, have sold fairly, fairly well as as a Victor version of the same thing. Oh, huh. what do you know? Of Dinwiddie? Yeah, of oh, the same. I, I don't think I've ever heard that. Is that a? It's the same song, and it's oh, I see. Wow. Don't don't ask me why. It's a... No, I can understand why. It was recorded incredibly well for the time too. Right? Well, Jeez. also it's it's from one master, and if it was repressed so many times, it's still. I have to uh, assume maybe they didn't make that many copies of it. I don't. Yeah, I don't believe there's one take of it. I I, I bet you there. Well, there's at are le- subtle differences. There's at least two because the seven-inch version. There's no way to edit yeah, to make a seven-inch right. version. So they must have recorded a seven-inch version and then recorded a ten-inch version. So there aren't six sides. There are actually twelve sides. Yeah. At least. Huh. Both both of those sound exactly <coughs> the same. I, so they're I definitely could, the same. I could take. believe that. Uh, you know, like the early days of the cylinder uh, things when they were uh, just acoustically recording, that they'd set up a bunch of machines. Right. And uh, and then just have the artist do it over and over again. Hmm. I know they did that with uh, George W. Johnson, was it? Yes. So, that, so, I mean, this isn't far after that. They, they might have carried on that idea of multiple takes. It's possible, you know. but I haven't heard any multiple no, takes. No. Uh, having said that, all of the other ones outside of that one are very scarce. Yeah, a lot right. of the seven-inch ones have never, apparently, never shown up. Well, I don't think I've ever seen one. No. Um, they're, they're they're pretty. I saw one in Canada. They're pretty scarce. Yeah, Roger has a bunch of them, 
and Cal Roger Messer. Oh, yeah, right, right. He's got he's got the permanent. You know the Roger he's talking. Yeah. In the pre the pre document days, it was all real to real being swapped. Right. You mean those like collectors would make real to real tapes well, of their records? Well, specifically, Roger was like behind it, and and at least in the uh, northern hemisphere. Uh, the yeah, he end. he dumped his whole collection on Oxford, I believe. And and these would be large reels, slow speed, quarter tracked, and the stereo split. Huh. So one reel could have like two hundred titles on it or something. Right is, right. is that how it was? Or a hundred you know, it was ridiculous. And and you know, no regard for the quality is whatever it was right. and then make copies of that and then they were dubbed and dubbed and dubbed, and dubbed, and dubbed down and, and you know until you were listening to to the music through a fish tank right right and then uh, and then they were all released on document <laughs> and then all the, I, I believe so i believe all, yeah. all the tapes or at least Roger's what he would call his master tapes i think eventually R- Roger was the he was the, the catalyst for the, the catalyst thing. for the whole thing exactly yeah, I, think I was searching so. for the word no, he definitely contacted the collectors all over the world and, and asked. I had a bunch of, I had a few of those reels before there was document, but huh. they were painful. And then, yeah, I mean, every document record I've ever owned or listened to is like a double edge where, you know, you get these things, you can only hear them here, and then you just want to kill yourself. Yeah. Well, some are, some are better than others. Some are, yeah. some are atrocious, but you have to admit there's no other place to access in any way, shape, or form a lot of that material. Where are you going to hear 10 volumes or whatever it is of Reverend Gates or something like that. Right, so, right. Uh, or a lot of the quartets, which which is an, an untapped source of great American vernacular music. A lot of people, a lot of collectors don't gravitate towards quartets, and there's a ton of that stuff that was popular for, you know, 60 years or so. And they're, and they're still putting that stuff out today. Good old Jack White, you can buy a... Five hundred dollar box set. Well, that's a different thing. Well, it's not quite the same. I mean, if you're talking about document, <clears throat> well, here's the guy to talk to. At least in America, is <laughs> one of the guys to talk to. I mean, he's got pretty intimate knowledge of document. I'd say. No, yeah, I would think. <laughs> I think all the religious stuff I gathered up with those fifty cent records pretty much ended up on the series, because no one else really bothered to huh. to to gather this stuff. I was very glad when Document came along. It was like, well, I'm not just collecting this in isolation and having like this massive amount of shellac that nobody's interested in. I can actually put it out there for anybody to uh, enjoy if that's what they're looking for. Yeah, that's great. A little encyclopedia of a sort. Now, are you going to be as happy in two years when Jack White puts them out for eight hundred dollars in a box set and doesn't pay any of the rights? Or? No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not particularly happy with any of the. The, the the stuff that goes on there that's that's coffee table stuff you yeah, know it's yeah, it's it's, ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's all just to look at it's it's like people who bought the yeah, Robert so Johnson CDs to just say they have it in their collection you know that they yeah, that yeah. they're hip enough to know about that right, yeah, right it serves a purpose like for a kitschy thing to, yeah, yeah you know it's okay so. yeah. I mean, why would you spend that much money on, on duplications from... of something you could spend that much money and buy an original yeah it's true Jeez. I mean it's that's, not going to detract it's kind of silly music. No, no, it doesn't. It has it no tur- effect. If it turns a couple of new people onto the music, that's that's good too. I mean, yeah, that's, that's good. That's I, the whole idea. I think that's about the numbers you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you I know, bet you sell five thousand, two people actually listen to them. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of cool. Just like playing at a concert, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be one person you're playing to. Right. That says, oh, what kind of music is that? I right. like that. That's the one person that's important. That's, Everybody else is just trying why to kill you, a Friday night. That's why you do it. That's why you <laughs> exactly. do it. Exactly. All right, so what do we have up here next? All right. Uh, for, for some white material, is Allison's Sacred Harp Quartet, New Canaan. Oh, cool. And uh, it's recorded in the 20s, but <laughs> it sounds like it was recorded in the 17th century. <laughs> Not a super rare record, right? Well, I, you know, I, 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 I guess know. anything on Jeanette. Electric I, I don't know rare. what rare means anymore. I, yeah, yeah. When you talk to Don Kent and he says, uh, 
Well, that's not that rare. There's at least four copies of that, you know. It, yeah, well, that's yeah, like one. Only I... four copies in existence <laughs> went through his hands at one point. Yeah, exactly. What's rare to some people? I mean, yeah, so I, I don't know what rare means. I I, I just know that uh, everyone likes Atlases, you know. Is that right? Because the impression I got when was, I first heard them, I didn't like them. I, the, I have to admit, the impression I got from from I other they were collectors. Sleepy. Was was that all the other stuff? The Columbias, the OKs, the oh, decent and uh, uh, the Brunswicks. Uh, you know, especially the Columbias are brilliantly recorded. That those are the the and ones. That's your first, if that's oh, your, the if Columbias Rocky, are great. Right. If, if Rocky Road and and Fortune They're killers is your exposure originally to Sacred Harp, you get you get spoiled pretty quick. Oh no! Qu- so I have, when when Allison, said that, I haven't heard a bad one. Right, and then when Allison comes along, as you delve into the more, you know, prehistoric layers, mm. and then you hear them later, I remember when I heard them, and I said, well, it's kind of sleepy, and, you know, it's okay, but then it, it grows on you in some, you know, mysterious way, and I, I just love that sound. I that. find them just yeah, a beautiful. little more archaic than yeah. the other ones. Yeah. Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, is that so? Yeah. At least their first session was. I'm not sure about the second session. Well, that must have been quite a place in yeah, that, that little studio at yeah. that time. I believe it's the same session that the first William Harris was done at, too. Yeah. And, okay. and well. some Jaybird Coleman. And there was a, they yeah, I was picked up say, a couple of things Jaybird in that field. Jaybird was there. A couple field of pretty session. good records. But, by the way, this, this, was, this was a gift from Roger. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, just throw dupes in a box and send them to huh. me and... Send some stuff back to him. And yeah, we just listened to the Golden Harp, right? No, we just listened to New Canaan. Okay. I just want to make sure I got it straight. You were making me think, you know, like when when I first like met Richard, I remember I was saying something like, you know, that I didn't, I desperately wanted some Doc Boggs records. You know, I said, I don't have any Doc Boggs. You overheard yeah, me oh, say. Oh, they're not that rare. Because what are you talking about? There's, there's, there's at least 15, 20 copies of each one of those. I said, at least he said everybody has those. I and said, we'll, we'll give them up. I said, exactly. I said, I guess there was a point where 15, 20 of your friends all got one, and that's it. You know, like, where am I supposed to get one? Exactly. It, nobody's, like, combing through their duck well, bags and weeding well, out the well, you know, week. Fast forward, was he right or not? What's that? Was he right or not? You got some duck bags now. I do, yeah. So I, I had a fight for them, but so I got there you them. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. What'd you pick up? Well, I have, uh, I have Sugar Babe. Ooh, that's a good. You know, one. I, I finally got. I mean, it, it's funny. I've had like that's, I guess, the most common one. I've had three copies of it. I mean, I had to f- claw to get an <laughs> E minus copy. You know, no, in good yeah. condition. They're not. Yeah, they're I mean, I went from point. V minus to V to E minus, and I said, okay, if I never get uh, another Doc Boggs, I could live with it. You know. Yeah. And, but the, the one I desperately, desperately want is uh, Country Blues, I think is my all-time favorite, which I've only seen once. Yeah, I don't I think it's that it. rare. I'm, I'm going to be Don Kent for I this. i got one up there, but it's beat. For it's this really broadcast, I'll, I'll be Don Kent. Well, that's not that rare. <laughs> well, what you have to do is after he plays like one of the most like, you know, powerful, moving records, yeah. you just say, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't, don't even start. Don't start. It's a pretty good record. What, what do you have on the turntable for us now? The Costa Waltz. Oh, okay, great. The Blood of the Lamb? Yeah, the cl- classic one. And it's on a dime store label. It's oh, yeah. Is it a champion? No, it's challenge, a challenge. Right? Yeah. It's a challenge, and it's... Uh, Sometimes when it's on champion, though... What, you think it sounds better? brilliant sound. Yeah, well... The, the that sound, sounds better than the Jeanette. 
The sound really on this is, is pretty good. I was, okay. I was surprised, well, but ahead. this is fairly common. I've seen a, a couple of these on yeah. Challenge. So. Yeah, it's one of those rare examples of a great record that you can actually get. You know, Absolutely. I mean, if yeah. there was three copies of that, it would be going for more than any other country. Oh, it's a, it's a prime yeah. record. Yeah. Prime record. So um, good. One Probably the greatest string, one of the two greatest string band uh, sessions of oh, recording. It's a killer. That was ever great. made, and the other one was also in 1927. Yep. So what's the fruit jar drinkers and the Costa Waltz are only a couple of months apart, huh. session wise. As the, in my mind, that's my biased opinion is the the two greatest sessions of string band music that are hmm. on records. It's one of the great things about about record collectors is that they always have very biased opinions. Well, a little bit, but yes. they're but Just they're based. They're based on years <laughs> of meticulous listening, so you know it, yeah, well, it behooves so you to kind of listen to, intently. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one, I think. Well, you tell me when you listen to this. This is another world. It's another America. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. You think, know, it's think, deep in the mists of I, time. I had this record for years and didn't even realize it was the Costa Waltz because I didn't know Frank Neal. All right, and until, until the hillbilly discography right. came out, and I, I went home. Oh, Look at that. Yeah, they have great fake names on oh, all the Oh, there's so labels. many of them. Yeah. Frank Neal and his boys, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Should I hit it? Yeah, hit it. Our brand new garments and our days will see 
Gotta love the cane break rattlers. I mean the Costa <laughs> Wall. Uh, I wish. I've, I've heard you guys do that. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, not like that. <clears throat> didn't. Well, Frank Jenkins. Yeah, some banjo, huh? Jackson Young. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's Jackson Young. Oh, Jackson, I thought that uh, Frank was Frank Neal is the secular uh, Fra- stuff. I think. No, yeah. Frank Neal might be. Uh, Oh no, that's. Uh, I think Frank Neal is the Costa Yeah, Wallace, that's right. right yeah. Sometimes it's Frank Neal and his boys. I think it's Frank Jenkins. Huh. Like, uh, if it was a Jeanette Frank Jenkins. Right, right. What do you got up there now? I've got the, the the Holy Grail of religious records, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I'm what excited. do you What do you think it is, Pat? No, I'm. I, there's only one. <laughs> it's got a fiddle on it. It certainly does. <laughs> okay. You, know, you can you can expound on that. After we listen to it, because it's just... Oh, I don't think you could really talk much about this. You don't need to. This this definitely exemplifies the Richard Nevins, you don't need liner notes for this. <laughs> Oh, 
I don't know what can be said about that, but Pat, maybe you could uh, oh, I, I don't know. at least talk there's, about there's, the fiddle. It's the most archaic fiddling imaginable. Uh, there's, it's unique. There's no one who plays in that style except uh, maybe uh, some Turkish fiddlers from near the <laughs> Pontus region or Black Sea. Uh, is it in an odd tuning? It's in an odd tuning, and it's also double stopped, which is very strange. He plays quarterly, uh-huh. two strings at a time. Huh. And there's no one who does that. There's just no one else. And if you heard a hillbilly fiddler in that tuning, it would be a completely different sound. So you're of the opinion that, that it is not a white fiddler? Oh, no. I think the fiddler is the singer because... Uh, Do you? Yeah, Many, well, not that many years ago, but I I think it was through Document where I heard Coal River Blues. Do you know that? No. Is it uh, Six Cylinder Smith? Right. And I recognize the fiddler. It's the same fiddler. Right. And so that, that was one mystery solved right there, which I had never realized that Six Cylinder Smith is the secular Taggart. Yeah, huh. And uh, that was the proof, because that fiddle is unmistakable. Well, Taggart also, I think, has a unissued Coal River Blues from one of his sessions. Well, maybe that was it. It was something where uh, it was uh, unusual no tape question. or, or uh, uh, some other form, uh, some other copy. And I, I said, wait a minute, I know that fiddle. Uh, there's, there's, that right. sound is, can't be mistaken for anything else, you know. And that's when it all started to fall together because we we had loved Six Cylinder Smith uh, when we first heard it. It was on the one of the very first, actually pre Yazoo, when it was still Belzona with okay. uh, with uh, you know it was a joint effort uh, Belzona originally with Nick and Bernie. And Bernie. So so it was. The funny thing is, the Six Cylinder Smith was probably on the same shelf in Bernie's house next to this, huh. and we never realized that, that it was the same person. Uh, that's incredible. It says uh, <coughs> trio. Do you hear two guitars on there? Um, not really, but... I, I don't really hear two guitars on there. If they are, they're playing very, very close together. Um, the label does say instrumental if trio. There, if there's a second guitar that's off mic... It's very possible it's Josh White. It's very possible because that's the time when he first became... It, it, now, now, Josh would have been probably 14 or 15, well, the, but he was his lead boy for a while. The records that come right after that have Josh White on them, but this is a separate session that's some months separated from them. Okay. And I'm, I'm not well, sure if that, he's Well, then with... I'm upset to hear that because then maybe the singer is not the fiddler, so... The, the general, that, that might be the third person. The general opinion is that the, the other guitar player is the singer and the fiddler just fiddles. Okay. Which has, I guess, helped lead to the speculation that the fiddler is Blind Tim, who Taggart supposedly played with in the Charleston, West Virginia oh. area. A white fiddler. Oh, okay. I know, fiddler. I've never heard that before. So Blind Tim is someone uh, that Taggart mentioned? Was Taggart interviewed in Chicago or something like it's that? It's not from from Taggart himself. It's from fam. They found the family. There's other photos. Oh, There's the vanity. And someone in the pressing. said Blind Tim. Yeah, that, that he was known to play with Blind Tim, a white fiddler in the area. Well, so, which, I'll tell you, I, 
the only time I've heard that tuning was from White Fiddlers. But but they, you know, the Carter Brothers and Son actually used that tuning on one of their sides. Do you remember which one? I don't, uh, it might be like Miss Brown or something like that. It's a totally unrelated sound in the hands of a, a White Fiddler. But uh, now that you say this blind Tim, I don't know. It just adds more to the mystery of... Well, we'll never know. I, some that's of the that's greatest part of the fun music thing. that there is. It doesn't get much better than that. It certainly seems to represent a, a, a period in time. That music is not contemporary. It's not a 1928. That's, that's post-Civil yeah. War or God knows when, maybe earlier. It, it, it's a it, miracle we got stuff like that. It's a snapshot of something exactly, that doesn't exist anymore. That's exactly the word I'd use. Yeah. <laughs> do you, so do you remember when you got that record? Uh, that record was purchased for me by my wife no from Bernie. Well, she's a keeper. <laughs> oh, you're, you're telling me. That there's, <laughs> never has more money changed hands in this household for, for a record. And she was just hell-bent. She was going to get that record. And Bernie kept telling her, no, no. I'm not going to sell that to you. It's too much money. And she says, no, I know he wants that one. I know he wants that one badly. (laughs) But uh, she prevailed. That's great. God bless her. Great. Shit. I should have got married. She can do whatever she wants, you know. Oh, she she does. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they they always do. But I I have a similar situation. My my wife encourages me to buy records. That's a good thing. Yeah. Definitely. uh, That's a rare thing, too. I think she just, you know, we've learned after 20 years, it's just so much easier if everyone's happy. Oh, no question. the one thing that makes me happy. (laughs) Oh, no question. No question about it. So I let her do what makes her happy, and she lets me do what makes me happy. That's the secret to a successful relationship. Folks, you heard it here first. Yeah, I think so. Just, uh, you want to spend that money on X, Y, and Z? Go right ahead. Yeah, don't pay any attention to the album covers. We get along great. <laughs> I wouldn't know. No success. No. I think I have that record with me, No Success. <laughs> I think it's in here. Is it your theme song? Yeah, it's going to be anyway. If we can hear it, it's whipped. Well, you never know. Believe me, I had I had nothing but failures. Yeah, great. So, uh, what do you got up there now? Arizona Drains. Oh, okay. I, I didn't think it would be... Right to have uh, a group of religious recordings without her. She's really just kind of the the impetus behind the sanctified r- sanctified records. She's one of the earliest, yeah, yeah, and and is still performing in the fifties at stadiums and things at these huh. these open air performers incredible uh, performances. Voice. Well, this is an instrumental. This is a cru- oh, really? crucifixion. Oh, okay. This is the on a hill lone in gray or Memphis flu or. Whatever you want to call it. Oh, cool. Uh, that 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 melody. Thank 
Oh, that was great. What an ending there, too. It's kind of... Yeah, just a little subdued. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been like a test. You know, like, let's get the levels. I said, go ahead, play. Huh, huh. And then they listened back and said, yes, it's good. Maybe we'll put that out. <laughs> now, I have a record by, I think it's uh, Reverend Joe Hen Henley. Okay. That I think she sings on. Do you know that? Lord, I shall abide in that, thy tabernacle. Is it an okay? Yeah. 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 She's on a, a number of other, or or alleged to be on a number of other records. Yeah, that's what uh, I was. It's, it's, it, it sounds like her to me, but I'm not like an expert. That's why I wanted to ask you. I was wondering if, if you know, Dawn. She's kind of singing in a choir, like well, there's a, okay. other female voices. All right. Not a choir, All right. but there's two or three yeah, voices. Yeah, this is a, a group. This is great. I got to. I, gotta get I must have it. <laughs> I must, I must have, have it. I need this record. That's a legendary line. I, that, 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 I'm sure Don told you that story. I must have that record. Oh, I've, I think a, a, a lot of collectors <laughs> yeah. have said that. I've heard that over the telephone. It's like, yeah. oh, you don't have that? I have a dupe of that. I must have it. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah, I've said that. Many times is that uttered in Don's place when we were going to Don's school. Yeah. The, the, On the, the last show we did, Don told some great stories about you and Bob going over there and him oh, trying yeah, to... Oh, uh, yeah, we were graduates of the course. Yeah. You know, the uh, the comparative studies course. He said he used of to, Don Kent? Yeah, he used to try to play them like every known recorded version of a particular tune. Like, what do you say, like, nine that. versions of Cairo? He's great. Oh, man. yeah, there's that many at least. Yeah. Uh, the most amazing one that I remember now was, uh, was the other side of beans. Right, tipping out. Tip Holy out tonight. Holy shit, what a piece of music that is. See, I he think that, that, that's that absolute genius. Huh? Yes, oh, that was the last show. That yeah, because I heard just that last show. Month, oh, yeah. what a piece of music. That, and now, that poetry, was my record. I added that, that in. That was yours, right? Yeah, that was the only one that was mine because he was playing Tipping Out Tonight. Of course, we played Pink Anderson. Right, right. And then he played an amazing what, what is uh, Charlie McCoy yeah. with Rosie May. Rosie what? May Moore. Yeah. yeah, oh my God. I is never that heard that. Ha Ha? Yeah, yeah, Ha Ha Blue. Yeah, that's I never heard that. That was some of my favorite Charlie McCoy guitar I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, Charlie and then I, I, he said, well, that's, I think that's the only two of that song. I said, no, I got a third. And, you know, Don had never heard that. I was yeah, so I was, like, I was shocked. I, I, I can't imagine that he's he didn't heard. hear it. He yeah, just yeah. forgot the connection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the, some of the words in that, there are lyrics in there that I've only heard one other time. Um, you know the Butch Cage and Willie Thomas where it's... Uh, it's part of Conversations with the Blues, where they play okay. that thing, Kill That Nigger Dead. Okay. Uh, and, you know, the, the, I'm sure they were asked by Paul Oliver to play the most, you know, ancient piece that they could think of, or something like that. Right, you right. can imagine. A little bit that's of the Lomax happened. is in them. That's what, and by the way, that's my probably my favorite book on blues ever, was Conversations with the Blues. It's set up like a, you know, like a Studs Terkel kind of thing, where... It's yeah. Oliver just as editor, basically. Right, right. right, right. What a, well, you can't what be, a you magnificent... Can't in their own words. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. magnificent, that book. I mean, you, you wouldn't put that down if you, once you picked it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and but then there's, that, there's but, no problem with, with uh, biases of the writer or, you know, blind spots or cultural... No, but the, it's actually the opposite. You want the biases of that writer 
to to uh, you know speak through those the real guys. Mm. That's that's the beauty of it. it, it it's his selection of what you're reading oh, that true. makes it. That you is know. true. But uh, what was the song? Uh, what did out. he call it? What did who call it? Uh, Beans not not Pink t- Anderson. Uh, Bean, uh, what is it? Beans Morrow? Beans Hambone, El Moro. El Moro. It's two guys. You know, it's two guys on the record. Well, El Moro's the harmonica player, right? Isn't it? Oh, no, that's, that's L. L. Watson. No, it's sorry. not. It's not. It's guitar El and Robo. whatever instrument that I believe Beans is playing, which sounds like yeah, a one-string instrument. That ain't no guitar, right? It's but there is a guitar. Like plucky. There, there is a guitar. Yeah, I think it's more like a tenor guitar. Could be homemade. Or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, it could Tipple. be. No, no, it's got a plunky. No, no, it's got like almost a, yeah. a nylon sound. Yeah, yeah. but um, well, what a song. They, they call homemade it. They call it tipping be. out. Right, and what does Pink Anderson call? He calls it gonna tip out tonight. Oh, right, right, okay. And the thing I thought was really interesting um, is that Beans and Pink Anderson do the same breaks which is that weird break where they don't sing the line and they do a little guitar run and you know what the line is because it's kind of you know it's you know um well where's you know, Marlo from? that you know the nobody knows but they had to have heard each other because it's such a weird break to do like it should be it sounds like it should be a vocal break I, every time I heard Pink Anderson do it, I, I, lo- I love it, but I thought, man, that's such a weird choice. You know, he goes like, you know, instead of singing the, answering the line, yeah. he goes, da 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 He does it like two, maybe three times. Is there and then finally he says, song? I've never been able to find it. Then finally he says the line the last time around, exactly the way Beans does it. And it just seems like such an odd, odd choice. You know? It's obvious it's some a, kind of connection. And it's yeah. great that you captured it on that podcast, like the way you did it. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you know, you had the you had the Mister Comparative version right there. Yeah, stump, yeah. you stumped that jump. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think it was possible. I wasn't even trying to. I yeah. was just trying Sometimes to. Sometimes it's it. best not to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's when you can get in the zone. That's great. Well, you know, I might not even have the record because as Don said, well, if I'd known that was on the other side, I would have picked that up. I passed on that record three times. Well, that's so maybe a, he'd have my copy. Who knows? I you thought know. you had had that long ago and then had to give it up. Yes, that's true. Oh, is that true? That and is then you true. replaced it. And you know how I got it back. I have no idea how. You I went it. to Richard's Nevin's house and I said, I must have this record. <laughs> There's that phrase again. <laughs> yeah. I've said, heard I, that before. I said, I need it. He goes, well, well you want that? I'll trade you. Just, yeah, just bring, bring me anything. Yeah. <laughs> bring me anything? Yeah, which is like two two records I have that, that he didn't have. So what I traded him for that was another record that I was since able to replace, but not completely, was the record I bought was that uh, quartet doing, you you might even have this record, uh, what were they called? The, um, the Scopes Trial song, uh, you're oh, going to make a monkey out of me. You can't make a monkey out of me. Oh, there's a couple of them. Ellington Quartet? No, not Ellington. Gentry Family? No. The The version I had was on Herwin. Yeah, that's Ellington. And, is it? Okay. And on the probably other, a different name. But yeah. on the other side of the Herwin was a white country fiddler that was only released on that Herwin. Oh. So I was able to... Oh, re- that's what... Was it Jess Johnson? It wasn't Jess Johnson. It's some guy I never heard of. 
And, oh, and Richard went, he never heard it either. Oh, yeah, the And he went crazy when I played oh, it. Oh, that him. was a trade made in heaven. Yeah, and then I was able to get the record back on Paramount. Oh, my God. But, of course, it doesn't have the fiddle. <laughs> oh, wow. And that's what he wanted. So. That's what he wanted. He, he liked the other side, too. He's like, you know, because it, it's a great right. version. And yeah. just because of what, you know, the lyrics but, are but the, funny. But the fiddle but, one but the fiddle was the was, I must have, which is a rare thing was since like, he has yeah, he thought, just about everything. He thought he was giving me, you know a Clark bar for a filet mignon. He couldn't understand it. You know. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I, I lost my original V-plus version and upgraded to a new copy, so I, I thought I did pretty good. Wow, that's a triumph there. That's a, what a piece of music. Yeah. And I don't usually like the, uh, the city-fied or the, uh, the more sophisticated stuff, but sophisticated stuff done by real backwards people now there's an unbeatable combination oh yeah it kind of loses its sophistication <laughs> yeah. in the process it actually something happens to it that makes it even more interesting sometimes than just the rural music itself i, I, I don't know I, I i will venture to to even say i like it better than the pink anderson yeah me too and yeah. i love the pink anderson right, version right. there's something in that beans where you can't even if you had just heard the beans <laughs> you'd be able to play it with the right chords but you there's no you can't reproduce that sound no, no i'm not saying you could reproduce it i'm saying you could hear it and then kind of figure out the tune yeah but at no point does anyone play an actual chord that you can actually say that's a g chord you know yeah. it's just this other thing that's certainly yeah, a favorite yeah, of whaling yeah, pete whaling loves that record he always brings it up yeah i love it always too. brings it up yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you have for us there on the platter? The Sheffield Quartet. Hmm. White, I don't know this. White group. Uh, you heard it at uh, at Nevins. Okay. Is this Victor? It's a yeah. It's a Victor and uh, Nevins likes the other side better. I'm not sure if he reissued. Both okay, sides, I remember. I remember. But I prefer this side, so I'm not sure if he reissued. And what is this called? This is Christ Arose. Okay. There's just a, a a kind of answering thing that the that the the, the 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 quartet does. That's just so beautiful and so. It's not that far away from a sacred harp kind of feel, hmm. you know. But but not. In the grave he lay, Jesus, my Jesus, my Lord. 
From the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph for his foes he arose. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lived forever and his days to
Well, I think we've come to the end of another old-time radio show, but it's going to continue. We're going to keep going. And um, oh, You should just mention that you uh, played two instead of one. Yes, we briefly mentioned, but that was both sides of that record. Yeah, I don't think but the other side both, was, both sides was reissued. Yeah, great. I'm glad you played them both, actually. Because now yeah. I know the it's their only context record. of yeah, having heard the other side, the first one. You said the title? What was the title of that? The last title was "What Did He Do?" Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, we got to remember to say the titles and the performers. So uh, that's something I often forget to do. It's important. <laughs> so, gentlemen, uh, we're going to be back here in thirty days' times. But uh, thank you both for doing it. You're welcome. My pleasure. Yeah, you bet. What uh, parting? Uh, you have a parting record for us on this show? Oh, we oh, have a, do we we could do a parting record certainly. I didn't. I thought that might have been it. Well, it, was that it, the, the it, hint it of parting was. hand? <laughs> yes, we do. The but since you already showed me this label, now I'm I'm itching to hear it. I, oh, can, okay. I can't wait another ten minutes for me to reset <laughs> the show. Kind friends, I want to tell you. Because I love your soul And no doubt you've been converted But they've never been told Some people, they'll try to fool you Say there's nothing else to do But Jesus Christ, I must save your He's got better things for you He's got better things for you no one on earth can do. You got your holy gold and fire. Sure can make you do it. He got better things for you. No one on earth can do. I'll place my heart on you. He got better things for you. Come near so he was humble. He prayed to God always. I thought that was not sufficient. But he in a prayer. God sent to him on angel. And he told him what to do. Don't say he's a witness. So let's put better things for you. He got better things for you.
Thank you.